Hello and welcome to the Sky Time Podcast with me, Simon Cousins. This is the podcast that promotes Sky and profiles the people that drive the island's economy. It's also a celebration of Sky's vibrant history, culture and environment, and aims to gently persuade visitors to spend more time, get off the beaten track and experience more of what our island has to offer. My guests this week have certainly taken the Skytime advice and are experiencing Sky in a fairly unique way. I'm joined by the Bristol Gulls Rowers, a team of four female athletes in training to take part on the Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge. 3,000 miles of rowing unassisted, non-stop, for 55 days or thereabouts at the end of this year. This week, in preparation for their epic challenge, they've been circumnavigating Sky on their bespoke boat, Vaquita. I'm joined by Lorna Carter, Phoebe Wright, Sarah Hunt, and Sophia Diambrosi. Welcome to the Sky Time podcast. There's so much to talk about, but let's start with the Bristol Gulls. How did that come about? Right, so um, Lorna and myself row for City Bristol Rowing Club down in Bristol, and uh, the Talisker Whiskey Atlantic challenge team came down to Bristol to do a talk about it in 2018 um, we found out through the rowing club and we thought why not let's go have a listen and uh, we came out of that chat and thought this is something we definitely have to do many things attracted us to it um, seemed like an amazing challenge you know chance to test ourselves it involved rowing and the ocean both things that we love but also there were so many men in that room and it was just, I think there were like four girls in that room and Lorna and I thought we got to do this for all the other women that may want to do an adventurous thing. We slowly started getting our, thing, our team together and then we found Sarah through, well she actually got in touch with us and she looked at doing it in the past and uh, decided that well maybe I'll give these girls a go. We met her, we loved her instantly and thank god she liked us back so we got her in <laughs> and Phoebe's our most recent recruit. Yeah, I've only been in the team for about a month and a half, I think. I just came in at the end of, end of very end of July, and I knew Lorna from university. We both learnt to row together um, at Swansea Uni. So when Lorna sent me a message because another team member had had pulled out, she said, "How do you fancy coming to join the team?" So here I am. <laughs> but Lorna, you don't just wake up one morning and decide I'm going to row 3,000 miles. I mean, it seems like you're all very laid back and cool about the, this whole prospect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's safe to say we all like a challenge. We're pretty adventurous ladies uh, in our personal lives and, and what we do in our spare time outside our jobs. And for us, when we saw this, it was like the perfect mix of a sport we all love and have known mixed with the ocean. And it just seemed like a perfect combination and an opportunity of a lifetime. Sarah, uh, Lorna mentioned their jobs. Uh, yeah, how, how are you managing to do this? Have you taken big sabbaticals to, to do this? That's right, yeah. Our jobs have been very generous in giving us the sabbaticals, so the time off to, to do this challenge. How do you go about, first of all, raising the funds to do something like this? Because it's not a, a cheap expedition. <laughs> Sophia? It's been certainly a challenging journey getting to the start line. So we, we started crowdfunding. So we started off with people we knew and obviously word of mouth. We started talking to companies that we knew through our own networks. Um, and slowly but surely, I mean, this time last year it looked pretty bleak. But really, a month later, we got really good uh, news from Capital Dynamics. It's one of our main sponsors. And then after that, 
we started getting, you know, maybe like £500 here, £2,000 here, and like very, very, very slowly got to uh, to a very good amount so that we could actually pay for our EcoBoat in, in May of this year. Um, so it's been certainly very hard work. A lot of perseverance and just kind of, you just got to keep nagging at those companies and keep knocking on those doors and, you know, calling them again and again and again until you get an answer that you that you want or what sort of sums of money are we talking about to, to do the whole expedition uh best part of 100k plus wow. basically <laughs> yeah it's a lot and presumably the biggest expense is, is the boat at what point did you decide that you wanted the boat to be unique an eco boat quite near the start probably um start of last year um when we well we realized we needed a boat um, and we knew our campaign was going to have a strong, sustainable focus. So, first thing we wanted to do was look at the market, ocean marine manufacturers, and just see who was looking into more sustainable practices in that industry. Um, and it turned out, out of the few that are, there are globally, um, some were. And we met up with Rannoch, um in spring last year and chatted to them about their eco boat design. So, it's a standard boat of theirs, their R45 for three to five people, um, that they've just redesigned in terms of the materials and processes that have gone into it. Basically to just have lower impact on the environment. So it's basically plastic bottles compressed. Is that is that too simplistic or for yeah. the for the core component of the boat, obviously it's got um it's built up of, you know, a multiple different layers of components, but the core of it is yeah, recycled plastic bottles. So but you need much more than just a, a, a boat and some oars for, for going across the Atlantic. Talk about some of the technology that's built into the boat. Um, so we're obviously taking navigation kit. We've got a rudder that is uh, fitted to a, a, an auto helm. So we're basically just setting the bearing that we want to go in, um, depending on, on, on the course we want to take. Um, and that automatically moves our rudder, which... Trust me, it's a lot easier than manually steering. We've been trying to steer on the coast of here, and Jesus is challenging. <laughs> so all the electronics are powered by. We've got two batteries, um, which are powered by solar big solar panels. So the, on our bow and on the stern of our cabins, there's big solar panels, and that's our only source of um, energy on board. So if we don't have sun, then you know we have to be really careful about what electrics we use on board. Obviously our priorities first off are our communication systems and our water maker that will also be run by, powered by the batteries. And then if it's sunny enough and we have excess electricity, then we can charge our phones and play some music or you know, have a bit of a party on board. <laughs> Sarah, talk me through how you go about creating water and heating food, etc. Yeah, sure. So we've got a water maker on board, um, which is a desalination unit. Um, that's powered by the solar panels as well. We'll probably create 40 litres of water at a time and then use that throughout the day. In terms of cooking, we don't necessarily need to, to boil the water. Um, the, the food that we have can just be rehydrated from cold water, but we, we have the option to, to cook if we want to. In terms of nutritional things, we're really looking to get we're going to be burning a lot of energy so we need high energy foods um, and actually we've been looking at low protein foods so things that are easy to digest so you can get the energy straight away um, and in addition we've got wet rations as well so ones that are in a bag that are already rehydrated and that's in case our water maker breaks or fails um, so it's a lot about the challenges thinking ahead about problems that you might have and then having contingency plans already in place 
And what about the other side, the waste side of water and what have you? Is that all stored in the boat or is it a, a bucket over the side? Wow, well, there's various forms of waste, isn't there? Um, for some forms of waste, uh, there is a bucket and it will be going over the side. For things like packaging, for instance, we're trying for all our packaging to be fully recyclable. So at the moment, there's a company called Mondi. They've sponsored uh, all our packaging for our meals, um, and we'll be ma- we'll be putting this dehydrated and freeze dried food into this packaging. It means we can bring it all back with us um, to the UK and take it to a waste management company to be fully recycled. So, um, ideally, we'll end up the journey with minimal waste going to landfill. Um, you know, details still in progress, but we're trying to, to do everything we can to avoid that. Um, all of the kind of wipes, um, our wet wipes are biodegradable and tool certified. And, and yeah, again, we um, Nature Care is providing us with loads of wet wipes for the trip. So obviously that's an easier, easier job if it's biodegradable. So yeah, that's, I guess the plan is to limit waste as much as possible. Yeah, for us it's quite importantly, like if you can imagine, we have to carry food for 55 days and there's four of us on board. And if you imagine each meal is in a little packet that's four times 55. It's quite a lot of, um, you know, individual little packets of, so the development of packaging, which can be recycled and not go straight into landfill. And also we've worked with, um, we've, you know, trying to work with companies to find snacks that come in packaging that is biodegradable or, um, you know, not going to just end up in a, in a landfill. The whole environmental issue is so important to, to this trip. What are the key messages that you want the public to get by following your journey? The Bristol Girls are all about um, promoting a safe and healthy relationship with our waters. Um, and we're a really local team, so we're, we're based in Bristol and we're trying to sort of send this message out in Bristol. But the importance of having that relationship in like your villages, your towns, your cities, because it affects the world globally and our focus is on ocean pollution for sure but we just want to try and inspire people to make changes in their everyday lives you know whether we can just encourage one old man living on his own to to take up reusable shopping bags that's if that comes across from from him hearing about us then that would be incredible it's just small changes that we'd love to see people making their everyday lives because we're just normal people we're not eco warriors in any way we are just trying to make changes in our busy lives and and try and improve the environment around us okay so that's the campaigning side of it now let's get on to the the training side of it how on earth do you start to prepare for 55 days 3,000 miles at sea a lot of it is lifting weights so um for the purpose of injury prevention getting stronger Focusing on flexibility as well, so lots of yoga is, is a good idea. Um, that's the physical side of it, which is only half of it, and um, the other half is the mental side of it. Um, so we've been doing a lot of work, understanding how to work better as a team, understanding how to pick each other up when the team is quite low, and yeah, there's a lot, a lot that goes into the training. Looking on your website, and you've got a huge support team behind you, and some of these people are psychologists as well as physical trainers. How worried were you when you started to plan this about the mental side of it? Um, I guess there's the element of, um, at the beginning, there was so much uncertainty that everything seems so kind of overwhelming and big, and, you know, and you've got to take it, break it down into you know, little milestones that you've got to, that you've got to hit. And 
we, you know, first built a team, then we started to get to know each other. So, you know, we started forming the team, then we got to the storming phase, which like, it's safe to say we've been through a bit of a roller coaster, which has been actually great for learning because we've learned better how to communicate with each other, um, how people, you know, what makes you tick, what makes you angry, how you respond when you're tired, how you row overnight. Um, so I think there's a lot that was unknown and therefore um, a little bit scary and now it's not so unknown and we're, we know more what we're dealing with and we're learning how to best tackle it. You use the word storming there, so you actually had to figure out a way of falling out so that you could build yourselves back together as a, as a relationship, did you? I think, so we did a few sort of 24-hour rows and then you get people, you know, in kind of like at their worst in terms of when they're really tired or, um, you know, there's been this whole campaign of, of trying to do things sustainable, in a, you know, focusing on sustainability, but then there's the kind of safety aspect, sustainability aspect, performance aspect, and, and sometimes some of, the, some of these topics overlap and they, they clash, right? And, and you either go for safety or sustainability, or you go for performance or sustainability, or you, and obviously safety has to be paramount. So it, this is where some of the disagreements have come, and we've, I think it's safe to say we've embraced every challenge we've had this far and have tried to find a solution to, to um, you know, get through it. And so do you need this mix of personalities to make it work, Phoebe? Obviously, coming into the crew later, I feel very lucky that the other three already had, you know, a lot of experience and they, you know, they knew so much that they could just pass on to me. I kind of missed out a lot in that learning phase. But yeah, we've, as a four of us, we have all very different personalities, but we've, I like to think we all gel really well together and everyone has different characteristics and different strengths that they can bring in and that they really complement each other. Um, yeah, we are a pretty good, we're, we're a good team. <laughs> are you a bit like four-sevenths of the, the seven dwarves? Have you all got particular character traits, like somebody's grumpy, somebody's happy, or...? <laughs> I think uh, I wouldn't, you know, not so black and white, but actually quite, we, um, we found out actually we're fairly kind of different, like, colour personalities, so we've been doing all these kind of insight tests and, you know, discovering what personality types are. And it does turn out that actually we sit on kind of four different spectrums, which is great because we complement each other really well. I'm very loud, I talk a lot. Like Phoebe's very happy, very happy all the time. And it's great for motivation because when everyone else is down, she's like, no, let's be happy. Um, and I think, um, yeah, there is a really good mix um, in the team of, you know, some people are kind of very very quick and some people just like look a lot more in the detail and a bit kind of maybe slower at like deciding something but you know just just take into account everything else and you know there's some people that are like more bigger picture some people are more in the detail so it's great to have that balance because so long as you always have two people that know you know about a topic then you can tackle it really well you're going to be rowing two hours on two hours off two two people rowing at a time is that going to be a fixed pairing uh, throughout the journey or will you switch it about yeah um th i guess that'll kind of be like the the general pattern but we're going to try out a few different things see what works for us especially like on this week here we've already tried out some different things shortening the hours during the day because it gets really hot um across the atlantic so we're going to find that it's going to be hard to sleep in the middle of the day so we might increase the rowing and increases the rest at night potentially um but yeah we're going to try and rotate so that we're always rowing with um a couple of people okay. see each other. describe these um sleeping compartments that you've got at either end of the boat um i take it they're not particularly luxurious are they 
Um, they're, they're perfectly comfortable. They're not luxurious. They don't they don't have a fridge or anything, but they're perfectly comfortable. You can fit three in the bow cabin and two in the stern cabin. Um, there's enough space for a six foot person to lie down flat. Um, <laughs> we've got very comfortable mattresses in there. Yeah, it's, it's perfectly comfortable. So have you started to get used to the this cycle of working hard for a few hours and then having a few hours rest? Are you able just to switch off and go to sleep? I think for the, it has been quite hard to switch off because so far um, our, our overnight rows have been limited to weekends when we can get it off work. So in when you only have 24 hours of rowing or you know two days with one night, the adrenaline's kind of still there. It's all still very exciting to be on board during the night. So it does take a bit of time to switch off. Um, so none of us have had particularly good night's sleep during rows. Obviously, you only have two hours to, to, to kind of get your head down. But I think the longer the longer rows we do, and this this week going around Sky, um, our bodies will adjust more to the routine. We have been told it takes about seven days for your body to kind of get into the habit of that 24-hour continuously waking up every two hours, um, you know, adjusting to never being able to sleep longer than that. And is this week, is this the, the, the toughest, most in, intense training week you've done so far, Lorna? Yeah, certainly. This sky has tested us already. Um, yesterday we had a really, really strong headwind coming up from Staffin Bay. As Phoebe was saying, the steering was not easy. Um, so yeah, it, it is pushing us. Um, and it's amazing to see the coastline around here. Presumably it's slightly different though, Sarah, is it going around a coast where you're, you're battling tides as well, as well as wind rather than being out in the open sea? Is that, is that slightly different to what you'll face in the actual challenge? It's slightly different, but it's relevant experience in terms of we'll have wind out there and we'll have to adapt to the conditions and um, keep keep our heads on our shoulders in terms of just understanding what's around us. We probably won't do so much steering when we're on the ocean, we won't need to um, turn so much. But yes, it's very relevant experience. You can always kind of keep working on things so we all have, you know, potential areas that, that, that there are, you know, potential areas for injury in your, in your body. So just trying to make sure that we're working hard to row well and to row, you know, good techniques and that we're not forcing muscles that shouldn't be forced. But yeah, I mean, this week has been incredible and, and yeah, I guess just good opportunity to say, right, really big thank you to GRM Marketing and to Sky Connect because without them, like, we would have never come here and this is such an amazing opportunity i mean this island is beautiful and that we rode down and we came down the um the east coast yesterday and just like looking at you know the jurassic path and oh my god from the water it's like these views that like not many people get to see right absolutely stunning so i think we're in a good place in terms of physical training we are going to have a big push once our boat goes to um goes to the race start in october we have basically a month and a half of just kind of a lot of gym time and just putting on a little weight. How have you you found the time it takes to get from point A to point B? Because I was following you online on Sunday and I was told that you wouldn't be getting into Uig until Monday. And then all of a sudden I woke up on um, on Monday morning and you'd got there the previous night. Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> we were really lucky. The weather was incredible. We, um, we had dolphins swimming next to us. We had gannets diving. We rode, we got three rowing positions and so we actually rode with three on deck for much of the day um, just to kind of make the most of of all being out in those you know, beautiful conditions. And so we made far quicker headway than we were 
that we thought we would. Um, when we rode through the, through the night, well, the early part of the night, we had this beautiful sunset. Um, everyone was feeling quite emotional about how beautiful and how lucky um, we were to be, to be um, you know, rowing around the coastline. And yeah, we, we pulled into Uig about 1 a.m., I think, Monday morning, so yeah. Um, what's the plan for the rest of the week, Lorna? You, you've obviously uh, had a night on shore. Are you going to spend more time in the, in the boat for the rest of the week? Yeah, yeah, we are. Um, we're going to have a night on the boat tonight, so we're going to be heading south down to Kyla Blockhouse. Um, we're going to have some drills as well later in the week. I know the weather's picking up, so it'll be really good to try out our power anchor and our safety equipment. Um, and then, yeah, back round to Talisker on the last day with an overnight. Okay, let's move on to the actual challenge itself. Uh, when do you start off, Sarah? Uh, so we're starting from Lagomera on the 12th of December, we head off. Um, going, going towards Antigua. And how long are you anticipating it'll take? I was reading that the, the fastest women's crew did it in something like 35 days. What are you looking at? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously too difficult to predict how long it'll take. We provision for a certain amount of food um, and we're all going to try our best. So, yeah, we're, we're kind of accounting for, for 40 days, plus or minus a few days. But you can't really tell. We, we can't predict it. Anything could happen. Yeah, so it's, it's not it's not a race really, is it? It's just a case of what, what an achievement getting from start to finish. You know what? It's an achievement getting to the start line. It's <laughs> an achievement getting, and I say that, but we've been through so many challenges. And it's not just about getting from A to B faster than anyone else. We've all grown as kind of understanding ourselves already and understanding how we to yeah, just to deal with really difficult situations, which we've been given plenty of so far. Of course, it would be nice to get the record, but um, yeah, as Sarah said, it's um, very dependent on the weather conditions and, and what happens out there. But. So, Sophia, what are these challenges that Sarah mentioned there? There's many, okay, in, in many forms, but, you know, you're spending a lot of time with the same people and... As I said, like we, the fact that we're all different is great because we all complement each other, but it also means that we may think differently. And in you know, in, in some situations, we may have you know two people that think one way, two people that think the other way. So you know, sometimes if you have a sort of three and one, it's it's a bit easier to get around. Maybe like that one person, you know, comes comes around to kind of how the other three are thinking. But if it's a two and two, then you know, it's a very hard position to be in. So um, I think we're all very aware that. At any one point, we just got to do what is best for the team. So, you know, team is first and we all have a fairly, I would like to say, strong background in team sports and we've all practiced many team sports in the past. So um, it's just kind of learning from, from our past um, experiences and bringing that in. These are things that you can control, but you can't control the weather. How worrying is that? Yeah, I mean, big stormy weather is never going to be that nice or that fun for us to experience. Um, so of course we can't control what comes our way. We can change our, how we deal with it. So we will be working with people on, on land who will give us regular weather updates. So we'll take advice that says, you know, change your course south by a few degrees. Or, you know, I think you guys should try and, you know, head or stay where you are because there's a, you know, something, a weather, weather front coming from whatever direction. Um, but also the way we on board undertake a precaution. So putting out the storm anchors if we need to, putting out drogues, so they're both pieces of equipment which we can hang off the boat to either slow us down, to stop us from surfing waves if, we're if our speed becomes uncontrollable, or a storm anchor which we can put out to um, basically 
we it kind of means we can go to sleep and shut the doors or try and go to sleep and just go you know don't try rowing into conditions that are unrowable so that is an option if, if we are in weather which is not safe for us to be out on deck in and we're just you know not moving anywhere we haven't you know the engine is the r is our bodies the four, our four bodies so if we're unable to move against the conditions we just have to make decisions that uh, you know will be safe safe for us and for the boat you know we also the boat damaged that will be you know really disadvantageous for us Lorna the aspect of the trip that would really scare the living daylights out of me not that I would ever be fit enough to uh, even get to the start line of this challenge but it would be rowing at night in the pitch black and the Atlantic is a pretty busy place there's a lot of big ships out there there's a lot of half-sunken containers that have fallen off ships. Do you just have to put that out of your mind? It's definitely there, you know, it, this is part of the challenge. It's We are rowing almost into the unknown a bit, like we haven't, exper- well, I say we, sorry Phoebe, three of us haven't experienced an ocean crossing before, so it's completely new and there are hazards like shipping containers like you mentioned, uncontrollable things that could happen on the boat like fires, holes in the hull, many things could happen but um, it's part of it and that's what we're taking on and it's how we deal with it when it happens. And of course there are physical challenges, there's always the, the chance of injury, but there are sort of everyday things like sunburn and friction burns. How are you preparing for that? You're sitting in a rowing seat for hours at a time. How are you preparing to deal with that? It's about having the diligence when you come off the oars to look after your skin and prevent it. So yeah, look after your hands so that you don't get open sores in the first place. We have a lot of different options on board so as many different variants of seat pads we we can get, different variants of mittens for our hands or different things that we can put over the oars just to get some variation because it's the monotony of it in in terms of if we don't stretch our fingers we're going to get off the other end and just have um, curled claws. claws, (laughs) So it's, it's really about when even if you're tired, wet, just not very happy, it's it's always having the the discipline to look after your skin before it, it gets bad. And presumably, you all need to look after each other. So you you know, if you spot somebody's starting to redden up a bit too much in a place, you you need to be on top of it and and, and assisting them. Yeah, definitely. We're all very good at kind of making sure each other's drinking enough water, putting on sun cream before it's too late or you know reminding each other to do these little stretches whilst you're rowing um it's very much a team effort for obviously you have to look after yourself but you're looking after your three teammates just as much because you're 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 equally invested in in getting to the other end and no one wants to be you know injured or 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 unable to row because of something that they could have prevented everything is there's preventatives and, and things which might happen accidentally so if someone injures themselves beyond the point of rowing or they get an, an accident happens on board where they have to take time off to recover, the three of the th- other people will still will, will put in the hours to you know compensate and let the, the fourth person recover. But things which you can prevent, like um, open wounds in your hands, um, then of, you know we're all responsible for reminding each other to, to make sure those things are, are sorted before they become problematic. So, Sophia, when you are sitting on the start line in early December, what will you be thinking? What will be going through your head? Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It'll be amazing. We 
I mean, we just can't wait to be out there. It's just, you know, you and the ocean and nothing else. Um, I think the minute you um, lose sight of shore, it's a very, very, you know, strange, like, exciting slash scary feeling because all of a sudden it's just you. At the moment we got land, we know we always have to have land, you know, <laughs> on our starboard side, it's fine. So, so long as that's happening, we know we're going the right direction. In the ocean, if our instruments fail and, you know, you're spinning around, like, you might be in a position where actually you don't know where you're going. So, there's all these feelings, but, um, yeah, I mean, as Sarah was saying, I think getting to Startline has been such a big challenge. Like, I personally haven't, I've never done something this challenging or this hard, and, and it's only to get there. So, the minute we can actually set off, it'll be absolutely amazing and how will you feel when you finally sever the uh, the reins from your support crew who were obviously so important to get you to the start line get you ready i mean will that feel odd that that's the end of contact apart from obviously radio contact during the the, the row yeah yeah we're gonna maintain some contact with some of our uh, land support team um particularly because they've been helping and coaching us through this whole thing so it's gonna be really important to just maintain some of that um, but yeah, they've been behind us every step of the way. We're so lucky. Um, so it's going to feel quite lonely, I think, without them all there. <laughs> Safe to say that some of them have already made it to our favourite list of contacts for a sat phone. So uh, we've been working really closely to the guys at Bristol Maritime Academy and they've sorted out with like all of the courses that we had to do. But also we've been having sessions on navigation and things like that and uh, yeah they're already our emergency contacts on like RYA safe tracks and uh, they're definitely making the sat phone list so. And somebody mentioned right at the start about uh, about music how have you gone about planning your entertainment and do you all have the same taste in music? Wow. <laughs> Funny question yeah at the moment the playlist is is quite limited um, we forgot to download we forgot to kind of upload some playlists before we arrived and um, we haven't had time to do any more since we've been on the water so there's been a fair bit of Disney <laughs> I'm embarrassed to admit which maybe not everyone is a fan of but they grin, they grin and bear through us singing through it anyway but no I think we, we're quite a fan of, we're quite some singers well Sophia and myself definitely probably bug Sarah and Lorna with our <laughs> incessant singing um, but yeah in terms of in, like, other entertainment Really, you know, there's not gonna, you're not going to want to read when you're off watch, or um, you know, you, there's not going to be not going to be any scrolling of our smartphones. So, I think music and and you know we have to get inventive with little mind games or little quizzes that we'll play with one another. Um, one night row a few weeks back, Lorna and I were testing each other on um, the the alphabet um, that you'd use to when you're you know making a. A radio call to you know first name um so little things we all yeah. you know memorizing things and testing each other projecting forward to probably sometime in in february 2021 what will it mean to you lorna to make it to the finish line uh, the world <laughs> yeah it will be incredible to just step off the boat with these three ladies um who've just put their hearts everything their whole lives into it as well and to make it across the atlantic is well, I can't imagine what it's going to feel like. Um, I'm, I'm so excited to do it and to experience it with these three. And Sarah, you're still looking for support. People can uh, sponsor you, get involved. What, what sort of support would you like at this point in the process? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we 
have done pretty well with the, the finances considering the circumstances um, but we've still got a bit to, to get there um, so we've still got some equipment that we need to, to buy um, there's other expenses that are we're still being challenged to get to the start line so there's plenty of ways that, that people can support us um, through our crowdfunding pages or uh, we've got a buy a mile campaign where you can buy a mile of our journey and then um, we'll we'll know who has has uh, contributed for for that mile and it's one pound yeah there's, there's plenty of, of avenues where, where people can support us and it's hugely appreciated and I was noticing on the website that you can actually buy your Christmas Day meal for you. Has, has nobody that bought one, yeah. that for you? <laughs> yeah, set up a little sponsorship shop. So, you know, some people were like, oh, well, you know, I'd like to donate my money, but I'd like to know what it's going to. And I was like, well, you can buy some, you know, serious things like our life jackets or our, um, you know, like navigation kit. Or you can buy things like Sarah and Lorna will both have a birthday on board. So if you want to give us some birthday treats from Sarah and Lorna or like a Christmas meal, um, but yeah, even like buying a mile is only one pound because basically for us it's just knowing that you know that person has looked into us and is you know has bought into the campaign and even if it's just that's all you can contribute um, and we'll just make sure that we obviously put a list of the people and we remember those people on those on those three thousand miles. If you donate over a hundred pounds as a, a personal donation, you will also have your name on the boat. So we'll. Another game we can play will probably be memorising all the names that we see in front of us <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hour after hour. But yeah, no, we've, it's amazing the support that, you know, you put out the word to say you're doing this, this row and the, you know, the support of friends and family has been amazing. But without the sponsors, we'd never have got to where we are now. So. And Lorna, how can people follow your journey when you set off? They can actually follow us, our boat itself, on an app called YB Race Tracker. Um, so you'll see our boat for Kita moving, making progress across the Atlantic. Um, you can also keep up to date on our social media accounts and on our website. So we have um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and our website is um, www.thebristolgirls.com. And the boat is Vaquita. What does Vaquita mean? Where did that come from? So Vaquita is a small porpoise, um, which is uh, native to the, the coast of California. Um, and it's actually critically endangered. Um, so our campaign is all about sustainability and the, the boat name is, is really, it's reflective of that. So it's kind of, if we don't act now, we need to do something right now, today, make a change. Because if you don't, then these amazing species will, will no longer exist. Your, your children will not be able to see them. Well, I am absolutely in awe of you taking on this challenge and I wish you the best of luck. I'll be, I'll be following your journey and uh, stay safe. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. to meet you. Thank Thanks you. So And that's all for this edition of the Skytime Podcast. If you have a story or a business to promote, email simon at simoncousinsmedia.co.uk. Please also get in touch if you'd like to sponsor Skytime or advertise your business on the next podcast. Until then, stay safe. Aikivar. Aikivar.